Welcome one and all to another episode of Upright Citizens with Ruben Rogers and introduce yourself, sir. Hey, Ruben. My name is Bob Taboo. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Upright (laughs) Citizens. We're so glad to be back once Uh again, and I'm really excited for today's episode. Well, you better believe it. Better believe it. We're we're, uh, introducing the world and reminding those that know him well. of the mastery of this legendary bassist, Ray Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, I, there's so much we can say about about this man. But uh, in 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 a nutshell, for those who don't know, he was born in Pittsburgh. He hails from Pittsburgh. Uh, born in 1926, left us way too early mm-hmm. in 2002. Um, this man recording over. 2000 recording mm. records, CDs, whatever, tapes, you know, vinyl, <laughs> ridiculous. And 70 as a leader, at least 70 as a leader or a co-led. I mean, he had so many fruitful relationships with so many diff- different musicians. Um, I was very, very fortunate to know him personally. Um, and he was the ultimate, uh, I mean, I don't know, mentor and, and, uh, uh, he was like uh, one who really, who, who who looked out for the younger generation, or was you know any little thing he could he could give to you any advice, whether it be musical, whether it be business. Mm. I remember going to his room one time, and we had a lesson, and you know I knew that he was into investing and all this type of stuff, and he was like, hmm, he's like, um, so I asked him, I was like, well, what should I do? I'm saving money, and he was like, huh. It's interesting. You it seems like you Caribbean. All you from the Caribbean always have a mindset to to go ahead and um, uh, save. Anyway, he gave me some little gems, like some stocks he was dealing. With. I, I'm thinking about. It. I can't even believe that he told me any of this that, this stuff. But anyway, let's get into the music, right, Bob? Anything you want to say about this great master? I, no, I want to hear your stories, man. That's, that's really, really <laughs> cool to hear about that. Yeah, I, I, he was definitely completely on point with his business from every account that I've heard. And the fact mm. that he's 70, over 70 recordings as a leader or co-leader is just yeah. mind-blowing. I mean, so today we're going to talk, we're going to play some music. We're going to listen to some some Ray Brown, of course. Right, and right. Uh, it's got to be said, disclaimer, there is so, as you just heard from how many recordings he made over his career, mm-hmm. um, that we are not playing all of the greatest. We had to narrow this down to six tracks today just to, to constrict ourselves a little bit. So let us know what your some of your favorite tracks are, all the listeners out there that love Ray Brown. But uh, we've got it narrowed down, and uh, I was going to pass it to you, Ruben. You, how about you take the first the first cut? Yeah, let me do that. I'm going to go ahead and... Uh, uh, play a great recording from uh, Oscar Peterson Trio, um, Night Train. I'm sure we've played it on one of our podcasts before, mm-hmm. but it's, it's one of those quintessential recordings that we all should know and have. And uh, wow, I mean, what can I say? It's Ethic Pin on drums, mm-hmm. that Ray Brown on bass, obviously, uh, and Oscar Peterson on piano. Um, this recording, oh man, I've got Got my, my, my facts now. Oh, well, it was, the year? Yeah, the year. Yeah, nineteen sixty-two. Thank you very much. And uh, this, I would say, this is it's seemingly. Uh, I think this was a couple recordings into this trio being together. But this this trio really 
played a lot of gigs for mm-hmm. many years and uh what a relationship oscar peterson ray brown had but anyway let's let's go ahead and uh get into some music and um this is oscar peterson trio night train Okay. It never gets old. I love that track. It never gets old. I I don't think we'd be playing all the tracks that long, but I figured we we'll start we we'll start you there. Ride. Yeah, totally. yeah, yeah. Because that's that that's just quintessential Ray Brown right there. Just you the know time. Gets, huh? You know what, I'm sorry to interrupt, man. You know what gets me every time? 
that? is when when Ray takes that break. That's 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 like what what uh, Oscar does. And uh-huh. then Ed, Ed Thickpen is completely dropped out, right? And there's all this uh-huh. silence right there for like uh-huh. three seconds. And I'm just like, every time I'm just like, yeah, what, what, wait, wait, what? Uh-huh. You know, they're so good with their dynamic and their interplay. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, you know, just the way that Ed Thickpen is is playing behind everybody. It's, I dig it so much. It's so cool. I mean, I think the biggest thing too is, you know, the commitment to every note, mm. uh, every note so strong and precise that was ray brown's signature and uh i remember seeing john clayton which was uh, is or was uh, a student of ray brown and always remembering how that that part of his playing was very much the same mm. and a lot of people don't realize how hard that is to have that kind of like attention to detail like so consistently every time you play the instrument especially as as um, physical instrument it is you know what i mean uh and that's that's one thing i always take from from hearing henry brown especially on that track on on all the tracks that we are about to hear um we're going to move on uh to another track that uh came from uh that was recorded sorry i'm trying to talk and figure to get my playlist together here (laughs) (laughs) Um, let's let's go to Sonny Rollins actually Sonny Rollins Trio uh, featuring Shelly Mann and Ray Brown now this was Sonny's first recording without without guitar as far as wait was it no it wasn't actually was it oh I don't know or was it the bridge I think it's one of his first let's just say that you know uh, Jazz please go ahead and help (laughs) us out when when you get a chance but uh, he, they were some serious working musicians. They were so busy. I mean, mm-hmm. the trivia behind this is that they record this record at like three o'clock in the morning. You know what right. I mean? And because that was the only time they could get everyone together. I mean, uh, works. Uh, uh, I mean, Shelly Man had been up for twenty four hours. It says, and, and Ray Brown was tired. You know, because he had a he had a call at dune to, to do some show and then so they had to get it in you know but the music they were able to make is was so beautiful this whole record is great you know but i decided to pick uh this tune uh my solitude beautiful ballad um and this is from way out west sonny rollins a recording uh let's let's let this uh play and i'll stop speaking right uh, there we go Thank you. 
Oh, so good. Oh, Ow. Beautiful. <laughs> I always feel bad. I always feel bad. Turn that off. Turn it down. <laughs> whatever. Y'all forgive us. Yeah. But I just love. I just love how he's so. Oops. <laughs> he's so <laughs> way back on the beat. Yeah. And he has a lot of Oscar Pettiford isms. Very much. As, especially in this time in his in his, I guess, career, his development, whatever. Mm-hmm. Has a lot, a lot of his sound, a lot of you know the, the inflections that OP did. I mean, at least that's what I hear. I don't know what, what you hear, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You can totally hear yeah. that. The way he's phrasing and the, mm-hmm. the choice, the choice notes, but uh oh, it's so good, so good. I love that. Um, and the way Shelly, I mean, I'm always going back to the drummers. I'm always checking out these drummers too. The way Shelly Mann is playing on this with the brushes, right. you think about this huge sound that Ray gets mm. and here are these cats uh, accentuating that sound by playing yep. quietly, you know, turning yes. off the snares, playing with the brushes and really, mm-hmm. you know, making that the focus and how mm-hmm. selfless is that, you know, like to, yep. to do something like that for the good so of the So tasteful, so tasteful. No absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and uh, just everybody letting you know too, we have a, a playlist, a Spotify playlist that we've curated together that you can you can check out and you can hear all these tracks in their entirety too. So unfortunately, for time's sake, we're gonna we're gonna truncate some of the beautiful recordings that we're listening to today. But we just wanna mm-hmm. we're putting all the shine that we can on uh, the great Ray Brown today. And uh, Ruben, if you don't mind, I'm gonna take over now. I'm gonna, oh I'm gonna God! Oh, you, Is that okay? You always hogging stuff. Forward? What's up with that? No, go ahead. <laughs> I did ask. I was like, is it okay? Is it okay? Um, but uh, so I want to move on. Speaking of OP, Mr. Oscar Pettiford, uh-huh. the next track uh-huh. that, uh, that, that I've got queued up is Tricketism. Or on this recording, it's, it's, it's spelled kind of strange. It's trick rotism. Trick ro- I think we've had this conversation before. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I think, uh, yeah. Ooh, there's so much confusion around the title of this. Trick autism comes up too. Uh-huh. But uh, right. the, the track that I'm going to pull up is, uh, is Tricketism from mm. the Sound of the Trio, which is an Oscar Peterson live recording in 1962 that was recorded mm. in Chicago. And uh, it was bookended on either end. Like earlier in 1961, there was a recording called The Trio. And then 62, The Sound of the Trio. And then the next recording that came out was The Very Tall recording which i think is really interesting oscar peterson trio with milt jackson and we're going to hear a little bit more of milt jackson coming up too because they had such uh, a strong relationship over the years so many recordings some of those Mm -hmm. you know uh shared album uh uh as leaders yes co-led yeah well it's co-led exactly um trying to get that out out of my mouth so uh It's hard to speak sometimes, but this is Tricketism from the sound of the trio. We're going to play a a, a bit of the beginning because we need to hear the melody. It's just like this ubiquitous um, bass melody, of course, written by uh, Oscar Pettiford, as I just said. So we're going to hear some of that. And then I'm going to bounce up into the solo because it's just incredible. So if you hear a little bit of skipping around, just bear with me. But again, you can hear all of these recordings. Uh, I just love you know i hate spotify i love spotify but the fact that we can hear all of these recordings at any time is really really cool too so all right as i'm saying here is tricketism Thank you. 
Okay, I, I really hate to let that to, to, to turn down the volume there as always, <laughs> but it's an eleven it's an eleven minute track. So I know y'all have loads of time, but uh, <laughs> we don't want to make this a two hour podcast. So what I'm doing now is I'm going to just jump ahead a little bit because Ray takes such an incredible so I mean the walking and everything that's happening here is incredible no doubt but uh his solo here is just something else so Let's see if we can get there where are you Ray it's coming So much, so much blues, so much rhythm. That's just, uh, you can't help but smile when, when you hear that recording. I mean, all of this stuff for sure. But you know what I really love? I'm always like, like hearing the, the other things too. Hearing uh, Oscar, Oscar Peterson's foot tapping, like when this melody's happening. You're muted. <laughs> yeah, it is serious. Sorry, y'all. I'm having some te technical difficulties difficulties speaking and with my technology today. Anyway, yes. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I always like to hear that. I mean, his time, though, with his foot is so precise, too, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I wonder sometimes if that's some of, uh, if that's some of it is, is Ray's, Ray's foot when I hear it. Because on a lot of the recordings they have, you hear the live recordings, at least you yeah. hear Oscar. I think it's, it's only one foot you hear pretty much, right? 
it doesn't it. It, they could be right they could be right hitting that it together sync, too. right no slam or anything I, I imagine they would but yeah you can really hear that that pulse they're like right oh, i love that i love that and i love the, the live recordings of course just that energy is so mm. beautiful so yeah, yeah that was a little bit of tricketism uh the melody the interplay at the beginning too is so mm. nice you know where they're back right. and forth hearing yes it's nothing like hearing oscar peterson and ray brown go back and forth just like what and, we heard in night train a little bit there too yeah just and just the time the the, the the precise in in times and so soulful and just ah, mm -hmm. felt feels so good every single time you know definitely what else you got for us bob come on bring it on oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. i'll take the next <laughs> one we got so we 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 uh well we uh we have a another recording here uh, we talked about the relationship between Ray Brown and Milt Jackson. So we're going to move into um, to uh, a, a great recording that's a, a duo, a, you know, not a duo album. It's a, um, it's a... Uh, Cole. It's, yeah, co-led. You got me again on that one. I missed that too. <laughs> so this is from a great recording that's co-led by Ray Brown and Milt Jackson, uh, 1965. There's some super heavies on this recording too. It's oh, just yeah. a beautiful album. Clark mm -hmm. Terry is so killing on this album. Mm -hmm. Hank Jones is playing piano and the great oh. Grady Tate is playing yeah. drums. But this mm -hmm. is an album, uh, well, the track is called Lined with the Groove. And uh, just a you know, little open studio side note, you can check out Christian McBride digging into this particular recording in his uh, course called Your Sound is Your Signature, um, which is really cool because he breaks everything down, plays some, like, even plays some of Clark Terry's solo and just, you know, doing mm -hmm. uh, beautiful Christian McBride stuff, as always. Uh, this was arranged, uh, the album was arranged by the great Oliver Nelson, too, which we're going we're gonna to come back and revisit in a minute, too. But this is lined with the groove, just such a beautiful melody and how everything is um, working with the big band. So we're going from, from small groups and chordless situations. We're going to dip right into some big band stuff. So here's a bit of lined with the groove. Here it comes. <laughs>
So sorry, Grady Tate. Oh my gosh. If you're <laughs> comping on that, oh my gosh. I love all of that. <laughs> and then Ray's wow. solo where he goes up and that he's got dun 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 but don't be bump and he slides slides way. Dude, oh my so I mean obviously you can start to hear the evolution of his sound, or at least um the transition, I should say, mm-hmm. uh from gut to steel. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure he's now playing with steel strings. Um, it sounds clearer. Mm-hmm. It sounds like he's even getting around the instrument. Even probably he's getting around the instrument as easy as easy it was before, but it's just clearer. I sure. feel a lot of the notes that he's playing because he plays. He he goes to a lot of notes and he plays. You know, mo- mostly I think with one finger, mm-hmm. but it's, it's it's a little clearer. And of course, of course, on this this <laughs> on this recording, the bass is really out front, right? Hello, right. talk about yeah. you know mm-hmm. cool ed recording you know uh, in general the, the 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 this recording is is live i would say very live and, and yeah and, you know um, um 
I don't know, uh, the gain is high in general, but I really, this is one of those, you know, we don't get to hear bass players lead like that, you know, um, often. And if, cause you, it's hard to do and you better be able to do it well. And obviously Ray pulled it off to, to the T. Um, it was a, a little trick my own little trivia. I've noticed man. Grady Tate, he has one of those beats. You hear him with Ron Carter, you hear with Ray Brown. It's almost the same feeling right i mean of course both of them are swinging whatever but it would seem to me grady tate was definitely one of those those uh if y'all don't know grady tate is drummer mm-hmm. if y'all don't do know uh was one of those what was one of those first call drummers for, especially for these kind of sessions you know he had that precise time the beautiful swing that touch mm-hmm. and it's I, I think i've heard grady mostly with 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 ron over the years and to hear him with ray here i mean i've heard it before but but to to kind of just remember and be like wow it's the same feeling that he's able to just stay you know that tip that he has is, is so magical you know and you know yeah. uh, you know shout out to hank jones and that comic jeez wow mm everything incredible so good and you heard you heard ray turn up the turn up the heat a little bit in the tempo area there too oh yeah oh yeah yeah. that that was his thing he would definitely stomp on it you know talking to drummers who play with him they always were like it was uh, you try try to find that balance of trying to keep the tempo at a reasonable um i mean a bpm you know uh and because you know it was a a train it was a just a tractor just come on let's go you know that's the way it felt a lot of times but you know masterful and masterful in the way he did it that's for sure um let's move on to our next track uh this would be uh with another long time uh mate compadre that he played with countless in the i think both of them played in their own trios they do numerous projects together as a matter of fact, was Gene, I'm thinking about, was Gene Harris, was he from Pittsburgh? No, I, you know, I got to I gotta do that trivia. Either he's from Denver or Pittsburgh, I can't remember. But they did a lot of recordings together. Um, and the one we're going to play, play right now is uh, Ray Brown featuring Gene Harris. The record is called Solar Energy. Solar, soul as an S-O-U-L-A-R. <laughs> Energy. <laughs> Um, it's a trio recording and it with Jerick King on drums. It's funny. I never knew his name until I looked it up just now. I knew this record, but I never knew who was playing Damn. drums. Until. So, uh, but I, I picked this track mainly because it's, you know, I've uh, Ray starting to lead his group and this, 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 we've gone down to 1985. Hmm. Um, and you can even hear how much clearer you can hear Ray's sound, probably different set of strings, steel, definitely strings. And like, it doesn't sound like he's actually playing with the pickup, but the clarity that he gets out of the instrument and the way it's recorded, is like bass in your face, just like, mm-hmm. it's so pristine, so beautiful. And I just love the way they, this, this, this trio plays together in general. So let's go ahead and play exactly like you from Ray Brown Trio recording, Solar Energy.
But no disrespect, Jarek. No disrespect. Yes. Gene you know? <laughs> Harris. Ah, oh, Gene Harris. Oh, my God. So swinging, man. Kicking it up. There's another so, great recording uh, that, that I really like, which is the Gene Harris Trio Plus One, which if you're not ah, into that, it's so nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stanley Tarantino killing. Yes. Yeah, I love it. I love it, man. It was so. I mean, I mean, I don't know what else we can say, but that was that was some Gray Brown one hundred and one. Yeah. Everything, yeah. Just there you go. It speaks for itself. It speaks yeah. for itself. You know. Uh, and remember, y'all, go ahead and check out that playlist. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could have added at least twenty more, right? Mm-hmm. And because uh, uh, Ray went through so, I mean, as I said, two thousand recordings, over two thousand mm. recordings he played on, and he played all kinds of from jazz to pop you know uh all kinds of things he did he was a studio musician he was a travel musician a serious businessman by the way also mm. he did spend some time as a matter of fact he 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 managed the mjq for a little bit um uh and he was the he was a serious business i remember um someone telling me that he would uh during recording sessions he would um they would be doing, uh, I guess, like everyone come together, was like doing like some standards or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people would be getting paid accordingly. And so they would maybe sometimes come up with a, they do a, a tune at the last minute. Let's do this tune. And he says, oh yeah, okay, good. Um, let's uh, do it this way. Cause Ray was really keen about in, in, in like snappy on making arrangements in the moment, right? So he would do that in the studio all the time. He's like, you play this, you play that, you play that, let's go. All right, boom, 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 boom. And I heard a story one time, his his notorious thing, he would go to the producer or whatever and be like, oh, by the way, um, that, you know, you don't have to pay me for that for that arrangement, you know? <laughs> you, Absolutely. I need some some arranging fees uh, or, or producing fees for, for, for all that stuff I did in the studio. I'm like, wow, man. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> oh, gosh, whatever. Anyway. That's great. Uh, what, so what, what, what's, what's our last song for the evening, well, let's Mr. Take Bob a, Jabu? Yeah, let's take, a, let's, let's take a left turn here. This is, mm-hmm. um, we're going to, we're gonna we're gonna check out. You don't think about Ray Brown playing electric bass uh, so much. You think about him obviously on the upright, the doghouse. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's where it's at for so many of these recordings. But uh, you know what? He played electric bass and mm-hmm. he was incredible. I mean, he's like just you know what what we hear what we're about to hear is a a James Brown recording mm-hmm. called Soul on Top from 1969, 1970 around that era. But uh, you know, Ray did a lot of session work, apparently, on the electric bass, was like mm-hmm. played regularly on the Merv Griffin show, too, playing electric bass. Right. And there's probably a bunch of stuff that we don't even know that he's on just because he's, you know, like that was the that was the way it went. But we're going to listen now to a little bit of, uh, like I said, the great, the godfather, James Brown, with the godfather, the bass. <laughs> on electric bass, Mr. Ray Brown. Uh, mm-hmm. This is Papa's Got a Brand New Bag. And uh, excuse me if the volume is coming through a little hot. This is definitely, you know, this is a different kind of recording. And it's, uh, like I was saying, 1969, 1970. Um, Again, all of these are great arrangements by Oliver Nelson. And uh, James Brown got in the studio and with Maceo Parker, hooked up with Oliver Nelson and with the great Louis Belson. Obviously Mm. incredible, uh, incredible big, big, big band drummer. And actually one of the very first jazz drummers I ever had the, the pleasure of getting to see live oh, really? I, I was okay. yeah i was i was maybe a teenager and i saw mm-hmm. louis belson with clark terry nice. together and i don't remember anybody else that was in the band <laughs> but i was like 
oh man, that's incredible. You know, he of course collected mumbles and, you know, Louis Belson had his double bass drum set up and everything. And I was just like, oh, this shit's incredible. I, I, I want to do stuff like that. That's so cool. Nice. Inspiring. Um, yeah, Inspiring right. From early. Exactly. But mm-hmm. here, here I am talking. Nobody needs to hear about that. Let's listen to a little bit of Ray, <laughs> Ray Brown with the great James Brown. No relation, I'm sure. You know. Okay, so obviously a way different energy going on there than what we played so far. But isn't that cool, man? I, I love hearing Louis Belson play like that too. You know, I don't well, think not in that way. I, I I would love. I need to get just hear some trivia about that session because you know, I mean, James Brown was a stickler about groove about his musicians playing a certain kind of way with a certain kind of pocket, you know what I mean? And, and to hear that, you know, when I hear it now, when I'm, I'm, of course, fresh airs, we always say fresh airs when you hear something, I've heard that recording, but but I've always probably listened to, to Ray a lot on that because I'm just like, damn, he's so grooving. But, and, and Louis Belson is in there, but there's a time right before you kind of stop where you could feel the, um, the groove starts to kind of like, lose a little bit of what you know the, the vibrance it had when we first started mm-hmm. which was like you get fined you know from james brown if that's you know if, if he felt felt it not you know so i wonder what kind of you know the, the kind of respect he must have had for those musicians being that it, you know it wasn't quite his band but mm-hmm. but like a, a jazz orchestra almost coming together to, to do his music i i definitely I know I've heard some things about this, but I need to refresh my memory now. But I, I hearing that just now, being like, "Wow," because you know Louis Belson is, is like one of the greatest jazz drummers of all time. So yeah. I'm just like to hear to wonder what that session was like. But anyway, yeah. back to, but back to Ray, man, he was wow, just consummate, but just also just in it. He was like, "Yo, this is me. This is Ray Brown. I'm gonna give it all, every single note, every every last beat." I'm going to just give it all, give him my all and just, you know, just ooze all the grease out of my pores. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. And I mean, James Brown, that energy, of course, he's driving the band, but Ray is really driving the band right there. I mean, he does not, you know, there's this misconception about upright players, maybe that they're they're just in this one, one lane and they can't play electric bass, but you hear Ray probably like that. He doesn't sound like an upright bass player playing electric bass. He sounds like a like a bass player playing electric bass, you know, like coming out of James Brown came in, you know, coming, you know, Mm -hmm. like he's well versed in the funk. 
you know, like yeah. hearing all and, that. And stuff. I mean, because you figured that, I mean, that kind of that music hadn't been around that long, mm-hmm. you know, since by the time they had. So he already was immersed. He was like checking it out for some time already. You know, it was around it and was like, he knows the sound. OK, I'm going to get I'm going to get in here. I'm going to get in yeah. here. <laughs> but, but no, that's an interesting thought, too, man. The dynamic, the relationships that must have been on this, uh, you know, in the studio between yes. James. That's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of personalities and yeah. that, you know. Yes. To see them coming together, that would have been something else. So just sure, a really, sure, really sure. cool thing. Really cool thing. And the rest of the yeah. album is just beautiful, too. Well, that's a lot of Ray Brown today. Hello. Let's do it Hello. again. Let's get some more Ray Brown <laughs> happening next time. <laughs> I love it. We could do this we're, we're, let's, let's, hear, let's hear that from, from our listeners. If y'all want some more Ray Brown, go ahead and just email Bob DeBoo. <laughs> email, email him. That's right. Today. Uh-huh. No, but no. Thanks, thanks, Bob. It's been a pleasure as usual Always to uh, listen to some music and uh, pay our respects, our homage to the great master, legendary Mister Ray Brown. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ray Brown. Yeah. Peace. <laughs> Peace.